Hello guys, how you doing today? Today I want to talk to you guys about Jesus inner circle. Jesus inner circle. And I want to talk about this topic is because, you know, just like a lot of parents that have children, right? You know, some people have four kids. And out of all those kids that you have, you're going to have at least one child that's the closest to you. And, you know, maybe I don't have any kids myself, but I, I see it. You know, I see some parents, you know, I've been around people that have kids, and there's always that one child that's closest to them. You know, it could be, a, a, you know, many different reasons. Sometimes it's, it's the personality of that child. You know, the parent may have the same personality as that child, and that child may have a deeper affection uh, for that parent. So that that's probably one of the reasons why that child become like uh, part of the parent inner circles. That child become closer to the parent because you know that that child might be more um, obedient. The child might be more obedient to the parent. And the child might be just just happy to see the parent when the parent comes from work, for example. If the parent go on a vacation, they come back home, the child is so happy to be with them. So that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, that's that's what I want to explain to you guys when it comes to the Bible. Jesus had 12 disciples, right? Out of the 12 disciples, he had three of them that was the closest to him. And, you know, a lot of pastors, evangelists, and theologians, um, you know, we, we call it Jesus in a circle. Out of 12, 12 disciples, his, two, his three closest disciples were Peter, James, and John. And I'm going to give you guys um, several passages in the scripture that talks about why, did this, why those three disciples were closest to the Lord. And the thing is, and I'm going to explain to you guys, how you can be closer to the Lord, how you can be part of his inner circle, you know? So just remember, when Jesus, um, out of the 12 disciples, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, three disciples, he took them to the um, mountain of transfiguration. That's when the Lord transfigured into the full glory of God, okay? And this, is, this was before the resurrection. As a matter of fact, Jesus told told those three disciples not to say nothing till after the resurrection. Okay? So I'm gonna read to you guys in the scripture. I'm gonna give you guys passages and explain to you guys why these three disciples were selected. Where why the three of them were different from the other nine. So out of twelve disciples, he had three that was closest. And, and we're going to start with when you go to uh, Matthew uh, 16, uh, when, when uh, Jesus said, um, who do men say I am? This is Matthew 16, verses um, 13. Jesus was talking to the disciples. He said, who do men say I am? And, um, you know, they said some of them say John the, ba John the Baptist. Some say you Elijah. Others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So during this time, they see Jesus performing a lot of miracles. He's um he's he started having a following. 
That's why some people thought that it was John the Baptist, because John the Baptist came before the Lord. John the Baptist came before the Lord, so he had a following before Christ. And then, you know, Elijah, all those prophets, those were prophets of the, um, the Old Testament. So they think that Jesus is one of the disciples, one of the prophets, and because some of the things that he was doing, they know that he was um, um, special. He was not like everybody else, but they didn't know who he was. So Jesus says to um, one of the disciples, who do you say I am? And um, Peter responds, um, you, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So the Holy Spirit revealed that to Peter, told Peter that Jesus is who he said he is. And Jesus said, um, bless you, um, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth, you'll be loose in heaven. So this is a very important passage that sometimes we misinterpret and we 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 um we take it out of context. We're not sure what that passage means. Jesus was not saying that he's building his church on Peter. Peter is a fallible man. The Lord could not build a church on him. So what the Lord was saying is that he's gonna build a church on on Peter's faith. Peter's faith that Jesus is the son of the living God. In order for you to be part of the body of Christ, in order for you to be part of the um, Jesus uh, church, you have to believe that he's the son of the living God. If you don't believe that Jesus is the son of the living God, you cannot be part of the church. So that's what Jesus was saying to Peter. He said, upon, upon your faith, I will build this rock. And, uh, you know, the... the gates of Hades will not prevail, right? And yeah, I will give you the kingdoms of the kingdom of, I will give you the keys, the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, so he said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail. And I will give you the king, uh, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, okay? So whoever, because Peter was the first disciples, he was the first person that says that, you know, that tells Jesus who he is. He told Christ that you are the son of the living God. Because of his faith, because the Holy Spirit revealed that to him, you know, Jesus in turn, Jesus said that I will build my church. You know, the Father, you know, God the Father revealed that to Peter. So Jesus said, I will build my church upon you, uh, upon this rock that, you know, the rock Jesus is talking about is Peter's faith. That's the rock that Jesus is talking about, okay? Because Jesus could not build a church on a fallible man. So he's talking about building a church on Peter's faith. In order to be part of the church, you need to know, you need to accept, you have to accept that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. So this is one passage that that I wanted to make sure that you guys understand what he means by that. Because um, this is one of the um, 
the main reason why a lot of us say that Peter was one of the uh, part of Jesus' inner circle. And then if you go to, um, so so I'm, I'm going to go to, um, okay, so we go to Luke. On uh, Luke um, 9, verses 28. Now it came to pass about eight days after this saying, that he took Peter, John, and James, and went up to the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, the two men talked with him, who were Moses, Elijah, who appeared in glory, and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter uh, and those with him were heavy with sleep, and when they were fully awake, they saw his glory in the two men who stood with him. And it happened as they were parting from him that Peter, Peter again, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Okay, so now we have Peter, James, and John. Jesus took them to the mountain of transfiguration. So Jesus transfigured in the, into the full glory of God. So I mean, I mean, he's in full glory now. So this, so this is before the resurrection. Okay, so this is this is a very important part of the Bible now. So Jesus only told, only revealed to three disciples that he was who he said he was. That he was, um, he was the Son of the Living God. You know, so this is before. He went to Jerusalem, and and you know he was crucified. This is before everything, and he only took only three disciples that saw that know that. So, this this experience that those three disciples had, they, they, it confirmed to them that this is this this is who he said Jesus is actually the Son of God. This is this is the truth. So, and just imagine if he was one of the other nine disciples, you know, you would want to be there. This is a big deal. This is before the resurrection. After the resurrection, everybody knows that Jesus is the Son of the living God. Everybody believed him, but these three disciples knew ahead of time, they knew before everybody that Jesus was the Son of the living God. So, so, you know, it just, if you have something that significant, you know, something of this great magnitude, you know, and he only took three disciples. And that's how we all, everybody knows that those three disciples were part of his inner circle. Something this big, everybody, you would want to be part of that. You know, you want to be part of something this big where Jesus is going to transform, transfigure into the full glory of, of, um, of God. And only three disciples witnessed that, and 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 to me, that's 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 something that's amazing. That's something that's really big that anybody would want to be there. So, so this is him. So now we just talk about how he transfigured on the mountain, and so those three disciples witnessed that. And Peter is the first disciples that told him that he was the son of the living God. And then, then now you go to John. You go to John. Uh, this is John 19th. 
This is when Jesus is on the cross now. All right, so Jesus is on the cross. Um, John 19, verses 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, his mother's sisters, uh, his, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, uh, and Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, by the way, being with Jesus at the crucifixion, and she was also there. She was one of the first um, witness to the empty tomb. So Mary Magdalene is a, because um, you know the history of Mary Magdalene, the Lord um, cast out seven demons out of her. So she followed Jesus wherever he went. So um, there she is right here. So this is at the cross, right? And and there's at the cross, at the crucifixion, you have Jesus, uh, Jesus' mother, and and his uh, aunt, you know, his his mother's sister, and Mary Magdalene. So he has three women, and John, um, you know, John the disciple, and you know, John, yeah, and he has John. John was the only disciple that was there at the crucifixion. So when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, so that's the reason why. Um, Everybody knows that um, John was Jesus' closest disciples. So Jesus had um, three disciples that was part of his inner circle. But you could say Jesus' closest one was John. It says it right here. And um, John 19, verses 26. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples whom he loved, standing by his mother, uh, standing by he said to his mother, Behold, he said to his mother, Woman, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. So this this passage is so important. It's so important because Jesus is at the cross right now. He's about to he's about to die. He, he's been crucified. He's, he's getting ready to take his last breath. And his last word, one of the, well, this is one of the last words. He's, he's um, also one of the last words he says was, Father, forgive them for they, do, for they do not know what they don't. So that was one of the things that he said. That was his final word on the cross. Before he, 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 um, he gave up the ghost, before he gave up the spirit. His last word was, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. But before that, he was talking to, he told Mary, he told John, his closest disciples, that's what it says right here in, in John 19, the disciples that Jesus loved. So what he's saying is that that was Jesus' closest disciples, that was Jesus' best friend, you could say that. Um, he told um, Mary that, Mother, this is your son. And, um, you know, he said, um, yeah, he said, woman, this is your son. And, and he said to the disciple, behold, this is your mother. So Jesus entrusted John to watch over his mother for him. And, you know, a lot of us, we believe that John, um, Mary, Mary uh, probably was a widow. We believe that Joseph probably died. Um, Jesus' legal father. We believe that he probably passed away. That's the reason why Jesus told 
um, John to watch his mother for him and trusted his mother for him while he's gone. Okay? So that's very important. This is, I mean, you don't have to, um, just this passage in the Bible, just John 19 verses um, 26, just that alone tell you that John was Jesus' closest disciple. I mean, if you really think about it, he's about to die, and he entrusted his mother to 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 John. That's all the proof that you need. You know, that's a big deal. I mean, that's that's Jesus' closest friend. That was Jesus' closest disciple out of the um, out of the twelve. You know, Peter and James were close too, but you you'll have to say John is the closest one out of all of the disciples. Just by this act alone, and then the Bible actually says it, the disciple whom Jesus loved. You know? And if you read and um during the um the Passover meal, he I think he I I don't have that scripture right in front of me, but I think that he was the one that put his um head on Jesus um um chest, you know, during during the last uh during the last meal, the Passover meal before the Lord was uh, crucified. So, you know, it's, um, what I learned from um, doing some research is that, you know, all of us, God knows our heart. You know, God knows our heart, you know. And if you think about it, out of the 12 disciples that the Lord chose three of them, and then he had one of them that was the closest to him, which is John. To me, the way I live my life, I want to be the closest to the Lord than anything. You know? And 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 this is what I learned. In order to be closest to, to the Lord, in order to be part of his inner circle, you know, there are things that, in order to be there, it's just not, it's not for everybody, okay? Not everybody can be part of his inner circle. What do I mean by that? Um, you know, Jesus loved all the disciples, right? But like I said, when, when I just explained to you guys, yeah, there was three that was closest. Why were they closest? Let's start, this is the four things I got away from, from um, studying. They were set apart for his purpose. Okay? The Lord set them apart. Okay? They are they they have a genuine love. In order to be part of Jesus' inner circle, this is the things that you must do. You have you must have a genuine love for the lost. You have a genuine love to save those who are lost. You you, you want to minister the gospel to them. You genuinely love them. That's number one. Number two, you have to be set apart. You cannot be part of this world. Okay? You have to care more about what's eternal, not what's temporary. Okay? You have to love what love, love. You have to love what Jesus loved, and you have to hate what he hates. Okay? I'm trying to tell you guys how you could, you could be part of his closest inner circle you are willing to die for him 
Okay, you have no problem losing your life for for the Lord. Okay, dying for Jesus would be that that would be probably the best thing for you. You welcome that. Okay, you are willing to die for Him. You're not willing to um, serve Him half-heartedly. You're willing to give Him all your all. You are at the service of Him, whatever He wants you to do. You're obedient to Him, and you genuinely love Him. And you have no problem dying for him, and you're not gonna back down. You're not. You're never gonna waver when it comes to the gospel. Okay. You hate. You have a strong hatred for injustice, and evil, and sin. You hate those things because you know those things separate you from the Lord. So you want nothing to do with anything that's injustice. You call sin sin. You're not with the spin. You do not spin. Okay. You, you, um, so if you have those qualities in you, a genuine love for the lost, you set apart, you're not part of this world, you just want what's eternal, you are willing to die for the Lord. You have a strong hatred for injustice, evil, and sin. If you have those qualities about you, then you are, you should be close, then you, you somebody that are considered part of the Lord's inner circle. Okay, when you are part of Jesus' inner circle, he tells you things that's about to happen. He gives you vision. He gives you dreams. He gives you revelation. He talks to you. Okay, you know what's going to happen before everybody else. There are people that knew that the coronavirus was going to happen. Okay, because they are close. You want to get to a point in your life where all you care about is cultivating a relationship with Christ, drawing closer to the Lord. You don't care about this world. You live in this world, but you're really not part of it. Okay? Your spirit is somewhere else. Your body is here, but your spirit is, you know, it, it, it's out somewhere else. <laughs> you know? You live in the spirit. You don't live in the flesh. Okay? Those three men genuinely loved the Lord. Okay? Yes, Peter did deny him, but Peter denied the Lord out of fear. But once the Lord restored Peter, he became one of the Peter's, uh, he became one of the Lord's um, strongest advocate, strong, most, most, most um, diehard uh, apostle. Peter was a, was a diehard believer. You know, church tradition said Peter was crucified upside down. James, I didn't mention James. James, the brother of um, the the half brother of the Lord. I, I'm not I'm not sure, but I think it's on Joseph or Mary's side. I, I don't remember which one. Okay, he was the first one that was martyred, that was killed for the faith. Those three men genuinely loved Jesus. Okay. In order for you to be part of his closest, uh, um, you know, believers that we have, you gotta have a genuine love for him. You gotta be willing to die for him. Okay, and and not everybody's treated equally in God's kingdom. We have to be. We have to tell the truth. We have to. And the angels in the spiritual realm, you have the 
different type of angels. You have the archangels, you know, the archangels are the the most powerful angels, okay? All the angels are not equal. The archangels are the most powerful ones, okay? Just like in heaven, the Bible talks about, I think Jesus is going to get five different, five different crowns. And out of, not everybody's going to get these crowns. Not everybody's going to get all five crowns. Okay, you will inherit eternal life, but you may not get all the crowns. If the, your works is not, I don't have that passage, but I think Paul talks about that in, um, I think in Act. I don't remember that. But if your work does not have any eternal value, then your work would burn, but your, your soul would be saved. Okay? You guys have to, you want to give Jesus your all. You don't want to just do the bare minimum. You don't want to do the bare minimum. You want to be the type of believers that when the Lord, when God is having a council in heaven, the, you know, they, they, they call in your name. They want to pick you. They, when they have a special mission, when God have a special mission that he wants done, he wants something done on, on earth, your name should be coming up. You know what I'm saying? You want the Lord to build you for his service. You want to be built in a way where God wants something important done, your name come up. Okay? You want you want the devil and the demons to know your name, just like they know Peter's name. They, they, they knew Paul's name. They know their name because those men are godly men. Okay? So that's the kind of believers that belongs in Jesus' inner circle. You got to be a genuine believer who's willing to give your life for the Lord. May the Lord bless you guys. May you guys keep the fight. Fight the good fight of faith. You know, and know that everything that you see around you is only temporary. You want what's eternal. Just stop trying to fight, trying to hold on to things that doesn't have any eternal value. Do not get into fruitless argument. Do not get into debates. Do not get into those arguments. That's not really going to you know, enrich you. Focus on what's eternal. May the Lord bless you. May the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you. Amen.